<laughs> I'm the leader. I'll decide when we go. <laughs> I freaking love that movie. <laughs> Me dude. too, man. Are you kidding? Yeah. I thought about picking that movie. I would I would not be opposed, man. I, I would, love that movie. I, back when Mike was doing it, I thought, because he's never seen it, I think, Aristocats. And uh, I think they're going to do a live action one, which is stupid. All those live action movies suck, but man. that old one holds up. I, I watched Dude, it a couple years ago. I think it's one of the best uh, Disney movies of all time, honestly. For sure, like it's like I think the story is simple yet just complex enough to where it, it's like a timeless story. Like right, creme de la creme de la Edgar. <laughs> Anyways. Welcome, everybody. What's up? It's fucking Kevin and Drew Talk Movies. We've been off for a couple weeks. We haven't released any podcasts, but now we're back. Schmauzow with a brand new movie talk episode. And we're already talking movies. We're just talking Aristocats right now. <laughs> yep. Yep. Classic. We're in the spirit, Classic. Man. I don't think we've done any Disney movies on here. Yeah. It's not, it's not really a... Uh, it's not that I would It'd wouldn't. be different. It'd yeah, be di- but, for uh, sure. And I mean, I think there's a, a definitely a couple of Disney movies that would be worth dissecting, but... Right. Anywhoosel, um, today's uh, movie choices, I re-chose Red Rocket because we've already done this movie before in the past, and I'm sorry if y'all, you know, don't want to hear some of the same doing it again though so Same deal with it shit but drew's never seen it so i had to pick it and it's one of my favorite movies in the past few years and i had to get him to watch it and what did you choose drew i chose a um david lynch film because i've never seen any of his work before it's a movie called uh Mulahan drive so uh, it's supposed to be like one of the best movies of the uh 21st century so i was like all right you know movie podcast it, i feel like we gotta watch this movie just to give our two cents on it i know when you chose this movie like you you're going down the list of movies like have you seen this one i was like yeah i've seen that one have you seen this one? Oh yeah i've seen that one <laughs> and then you finally got to Mulholland drive and i was like no i haven't seen it but i've heard of it and david lynch is a weird motherfucker yeah uh you can say that again <laughs> and because yeah i think the only other one i've seen of his is eraser head yeah but let's kick into this episode and we'll talk about anything else we've seen in the past few weeks or so what do you want to do for the snapshot um hey crack a beer oh wrong wrong side there it is Any other movies you watched? It's honestly, been it's been a few weeks, you know. Yeah, honestly, uh, I guess I just quit FedEx. I've been watching a lot of comedy movies. So the first one I watched is actually a movie I really like. Uh, it's called Get Him to the Greek. 
It's oh, like yeah. a sister sequel to um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Right. Now, granted, I think uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall is the better movie. But I, I, I've only seen Get Him to the Greek once, but I, I, I have to agree. I, uh, but I, you know, it's still a movie I enjoy, man. I still think it's funny. Um, I kind of think it's kind of a perfect depiction of what it would be like to hang out with a you know really famous person like that to where like you know you're so uh, especially if you're a fan to where if you're really getting to peel back the curtain and see the type of people they really are you're probably gonna see a lot of shit that you don't like like and you might ultimately realize this person that you idolize is not who you thought they were. Like, That's I, why I like Almost Famous, bro. It's because, you know, <clears throat> you get the inside. Oh, uh, dude, I would. Inside have, you, have you done type. that movie for the podcast? No. Oh, we, we definitely have to. I'm not, I'm not picking it this time, but if you don't pick it in the next few times, yeah. I, I probably will. It's a great movie. It's a fucking fantastic movie. Let me movie. throw one at you. I watched My Dinner with Andre. I mentioned this. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember episode. you talking about it. Somebody yeah. said. You know, try to watch it as if you were listening to a podcast because it is, it's just all dialogue. It's basically, you know, this guy, it's the guy from fucking <clears throat> Princess Bride, the inconceivable guy. What's oh, his name? Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I don't know his yeah, name. Yeah. Anyways, him and someone, and they have this deep ass fucking fascinating conversation, bro. And, uh, it's, it was very interesting. It's something like, you should, should probably check out sometime. Um, but apparently they wrote it. Oh, Wallace Shawn is that guy's name. And Andre Gregory, which is the other guy, I believe. And they wrote it, and it was very cool, man. But I was like, <clears throat> I hate that my attention span fucking sucks. You know what I mean? Sometimes I just fall off. But I kept rewinding, you know, because I wanted to hear every word. And, you know, but I would like just drift off in my mind for a minute or two, and then I'm like, "Oh shit, what are they talking about now? Let me go back." And then, you know, yeah, I did that a few times during that movie. But I hate that you know these phones and shit. They our attention spans are shit now. Yeah, I always um when I'm watching a movie now, I always try and especially if I'm watching it for the first time, I try and leave it like in my bedroom so that way I'm not tempted to like pick it up and let my mind get away from the movie. Right. I know. I should. It's hard that. though, man. It is hard. Um, it's, everything's so comes so quickly now. Yeah, well, and that's, that's snap of a what I've kind of realized, um, especially with watching some of the older movies we watch. How um, it's a, a lot of pace. yeah, a lot of movies now are like they're really dumbed down. It's like almost like instant gratification. The same way, like if you were to watch porn, like there's no story to really to it anymore. It's just set piece after set piece action after action it's very like movies are so much more fast paced it's just a it's just so different than it's, yeah it's the way you're I, fucking like i i remember there were movies i thought i liked that were older and then like i've tried to go back and watch them and the pace just feels so slow sluggish like i mean i used to really like the star wars movies the first ones right like 4 5 and 6 and i don't then, know if i've seen all those completely um and going back and like trying to watch the very first one, A New Hope, it's like, damn, this is a really slow movie by today's standards. <laughs> right. Like, Interesting. You got any other ones? Yeah, I, like I said, uh, actually, I just saw um, that new Insidious movie. It's like the fi- it's supposed to be the final movie in the uh, series. You know, I, I liked it. It was uh, 
All right. It was a little predictable. I kind of like you know. Never got into them, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I you know I I love horror movies. Even even the dumb like B movie ones like I um. And I just I just enjoy it. I like I like I what I really like is the aesthetic, like um, I, and I like the tension that horror movies have. Like it like really, they really even if uh, I think they're the best use of tension in movies a lot of the time. If it's done correctly, uh, and I think this movie does it correctly, where you know the moments where you almost feel the most tense or scared are the moments where nothing's happening. It's like your expectation for them to happen. Yeah. I really, I really like that about horror films. Um, right on. Um, I got a bunch, so sure, probably shouldn't take too long on this. Uh, segment but uh liar liar i watched that oh, on the plane that's a great one, fucking man. so good holds up so good man <laughs> jim carrey's amazing as the jokes everything is so funny in that that's movie. i think that's like his best movie man it's yeah. one it's up there for sure dumb and dumber probably tops it but uh liar liar's fucking classic you got another one uh the last one i watched is a bad one uh but it is more just for like uh like the feel good aesthetic, mm-hmm. uh, so I watched my super ex girlfriend. It's got Uma Thurman and uh, Luke Wilson in it. It's a dumb fucking movie, man. Hmm. But it's essentially uh, I can't even picture it. <laughs> yeah, essentially the plot it sort is, of sounds familiar, but it, I don't essentially the plot is this uh, guy that's kind of uh, down on his luck with love, uh, approaches a woman, um, a very attractive woman, and asks her out on a date at the behest of his friend. Who's uh, Rain Wilson? So Rain, and it's funny because you wouldn't expect it, but in this uh, movie, Rain Wilson is supposed to be like the, like the ladies' man, dog kind of guy who like is like sleeping <laughs> with a bunch of women. It's like, <laughs> it's like totally not believable, yeah, but, but it's funny. Yeah, that must have been fun for him to play. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Uh, I like Rain Wilson. Oh, man. I do too. He's, I think he's hilarious. He's great. And like the, just the way he talks about like sleeping with women and getting with them in this movie is like. He's just like such a bastard. He's so gross. It's it's pretty funny. And then it's got a, uh, you know, you know who Anna Faris is. Yeah, she's like uh, scary Luke, movie yeah, fame. Uh, she's like Luke Wilson's other love interest. Like, but uh, so essentially the plot is that Luke Wilson um, asked this woman out on a date. It's like a like supermodel esque. It turns out that she's a superhero. The problem is that she's fucking crazy and she's like super jealous and super possessive and so shit like escalates very quickly and that's the part of the movie that's like pretty funny it's just like it's like kind of like a true look at like what dating a superhero would be like if they ever like you did something to upset them right and then he's just like eventually it gets to the point where he has to break up with her and that's when shit just gets over the top and it's (laughs) it's a pretty funny movie it is it is dumb like there are things about it that are just so nonsensical and silly, but at the end of the day, it's a fucking, it's just a, like a fun little comedy. There you go. I got a couple comedies in here. Um, let me get through these. 12 Angry Men. Do you know about this movie? It's 1957. It's an old one. Wow. It's courtroom drama. Okay. And, uh, it's I've, not- I've heard of it. I, I'm aware of it. Like, um. But yeah, I, I don't think I've ever watched it. I heard, it. you know, some of my favorite comedians talking about it on a podcast or whatever, so I decided to watch it. This one I also watched on the plane, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's another, you know, heavy dialogue film. It's just a lot of, a lot of talking, not a lot of action or nothing like that, but the, it was pretty good, you know what I mean? That um, that actually doesn't surprise me, man. Um, 
for that time period, like, you know, in the a time period from when uh, films got sound, which is, like, roughly, like, 20s and 30s, to, you know, like, even, like, the 60s, movies were really reliant on um, an actor's talent to deliver dialogue right. and convey emotion. Right. So, like, they didn't, like, I mean, it's, like, um, modern special effects, even, like, um, makeup and stuff like that, you don't really start seeing... I think convincing stuff until like the 60s and 70s a lot of it like when they tried to implement special effects you go back and watch it now it's it's very silly looking because it's either like claymation or um, you know it's like very small far away shots of things and you can see the strings like because there was no way to edit that out so it's like right um, right special effects for movies in that time are pretty silly yeah Um, I think Really, the only movies um, that aren't silly that are like that are like the original monster movies. Those are actually pretty good, and like the makeup is pretty good on them. And it's just really, it's just very reliant on their acting and like the set pieces. That makes me think of Young Frankenstein. I thought about choosing that. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I would not be opposed. I love, I fucking love that movie. I know Mel Brooks fucking rules. It's one of his best, man. He's got like, I think he's got three movies that are like the top of his heap. It's like that, Blazing Saddles, Blazing Saddles, and honestly, Spaceball. even Spaceballs, man. Yeah. Like those three are top notch. Um, there's a really good one. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Robin Hood Men in Tights. That one, I that one has Dave funny. Chappelle in yeah, it. Yeah, that one's funny. But I don't think it's one of his best movies. Yeah. I uh, actually think it's one of his weaker movies. Um, no, it's actually a movie called Silent Movie. So it's making fun of like the silent era films. Oh, okay. It's got him, Dom DeLuise, and then you know the guy that plays Igor? He's in that movie too. So they're like the three main characters. Oh, right on. It's all about them trying to get a movie, a movie made in Hollywood. But it's... Uh, but they don't speak. It's like the old-timey <laughs> movies where their thoughts are conveyed as like... Uh, white text on black screen. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty funny, man. Did you say you didn't have any more? Or? Um, not off the top of my head. I'm sure there. I watch more movies. I just don't really remember. All right. So I watched Champions. This is the new movie. Um, one of the Fairly Brothers did it, and uh, it's you, uh, Woody Harrelson. He's like coaching a special needs basketball team. It was fine. See, you know, comedy, drama, whatever. Next one I watch is The Humans, which is an A24. Um, it had like Steven Yoon and fucking Richard. What the fuck is that guy's name? Damn it. I'm blanking on his name. It was weird, man. It was just about a family getting together in their. Uh, in the daughter's new New York fucking house that she just got or whatever. I don't know. It had like creepy overtones to it, but it wasn't like a scary movie at all. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. Anyways, moving on. I watched The Outlaws. This is that new Adam Devine movie. It's a Happy Madison. It's on Netflix. Oh, okay, okay. It's got Pierce Brosnan in it. No kidding. Yeah, I think I saw... um, Yeah, I think I saw a commercial for it. Yeah, I watched it. It was decent, you know. Comedies don't blow me away anymore, you know, like they did when I was younger. It's But for as a comedy movie, it was was decent. I chuckled a few times at it. I'm going to say probably the last 
comedy movie. Um, that was really good. What 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 would it be? Um, and it surprised me because it was actually a movie my my mom made me watch, and I tend to like not like full on comedy. Not yeah, no yeah, full on okay. comedy, and um, I tend to not like. Uh, movies she picks as much. I'm usually pretty skeptical, but I gave it a shot. Honestly, it was a tag. I was surprised. Oh, yeah, you mentioned this. I was surprised by how funny I thought that movie was, man. I, I definitely would watch it again. Like, I would say the last one I really liked, probably Pineapple Express, something like that in that era of movies, because Pineapple Express is fucking great. It's funny. It's so good. Danny McBride's my favorite character. <laughs> Honestly, though, uh, in the in the like those movies where this like, is that the ca- end was okay. Yeah, but Pineapple Express was better. It's, it's the same thing, man. Uh, Danny McBride steals every scene he's in in those movies. Man, he's so funny. He's like, especially when in this is the end where he comes back as like the king of the cannibals. Oh in, yeah, uh, yeah. In a. Uh, uh, Channing Tatum is his like little uh, sex slave. Yeah. He's like, see that? That's Channing Tatum. I slide my meat in that every night. <laughs> he's like, or when he's talking to uh, James Franco, and he's like, you could have been saved, but you're too petty. <laughs> I'll come all over your walls. He's like, I'll come, I'll come wherever I want. <laughs> um, do you he's watch? Like, do you watch? Got, you got iPads on every wall, but you're in here jerking off like a pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> do you watch uh, Righteous Gemstones? Oh yeah, dude, I love that show. I, I haven't, I haven't watched the new season yet. I've been waiting for it all to come out so that, I can binge it. That's what the same thing I'm doing, man. Yeah. But no, I, I really like that show. Yeah, it's pretty good. First season's better than the second. We'll see how the third goes. I don't know, man. Did I watch the second season? I don't remember. I might have to go back and see if I did because I don't, I don't. I I feel like I remember the first season really well. Um, yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check that out. I don't remember watching the second season. All right, last one I watched was Pink Flamingos. Ever heard of it? John Waters. Do you know who that is? Nope. Nope. <sighs> it's the most fucking disturbing movie you'll ever fucking see. Um, if you have a weak stomach, do not watch this movie. There's a lot. There's you know, there's like uh, incest and fucking <laughs> just okay. It, there's assholes and. Uh, <laughs> And fucking cannibalism and fucking just all kinds of weird shit. Basically, what <laughs> what made me watch it was we had the guys from the local band Devil Lettuce, shout out. Um, we had them on the pod once, and we were talking about most disturbing movies we've ever seen. And uh, one of the dudes brought up Pink Flamingos, and, uh, <laughs> and I understand why he did. <laughs> it's, a fucking, it's so insane. Uh <sighs> fucking crazy <laughs> yeah but uh advisory if you go try to watch that one it's uh and i found it on some weird site because i don't think it's very readily available sure. anywhere you know but uh yeah let's say we dive into one of these movies yeah let's go i know it was a i knew that was going to be a long segment Damn near twenty minutes, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's probably be a longer episode because I'm gonna have a lot to say about both these movies. So do I, man. Which one do you want to go in first? Um, I actually want to do a uh, Mulholland Drive first. All right, Mulholland Drive, two thousand one mystery th- thriller, written by, written and directed by David Lynch. We got an eighty three Rotten Tomato score, eighty seven audience in the eighties. Pretty good. Yeah. Tagline. Beware of, beware what you dream for. That works. Yeah, it. Uh, I think once we really delve into this movie, that tagline is going to be 
actually very on the nose. There's another one that says, A Love Story in the City of Dreams. I like oh, that one. Also accurate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what do you want to say, man? This movie, it was frustrating to watch at first. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I, uh, I kind of put pieced it together. Uh, especially towards the end, I like. I didn't I, piece it together uh, at all. So, um, I, but but I'm I did. An idiot. No, no, it's it isn't that. Um, because it, it's not super apparent what's going it's on. Not, it's not apparent, and the thing is, is David Lynch never explains his movies. He's the type of guy that it leaves, it leaves up to the audience interpretation. Um, which, um, frankly, like I, I don't see. W- and, you know, I think there's movie buffs that are probably going to shit all over me for saying this, but I don't see why people view this as one of the greatest movies of our time. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I just, I just don't get it for that. Like, well, my first note was like I, I said, I gotta say that most of my notes are from me watching the movie. Later, I looked up, you know, explanations sure. and, on YouTube and shit that, and to help me get a better grasp on what the fuck was going on in this movie. Yo, yeah, and it's kind of. Um, that's kind of my problem with this movie. If, um, unless you're paying really close attention to it, um, you're, you're going to be completely confused on your first viewing. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. Like the people that suck this movie's dick. I was like, you're not really going to get it on your first viewing. Like, you know, like you might, if you watch it, uh, it's been said that this is one of those movies you have to watch a couple times and the more you watch it, the more you like it. I don't really see myself what? liking this movie that much. <laughs> uh, and it's like... It made me feel stupid, man, because I was like, what the fuck is going on? I don't want to say this, and it's probably something else, because, you know... Uh, so I went to art school, and so I used to deal with things presented in this manner all the time. And when I didn't like it, I was always told that I just didn't get it. I was like, no, I perfectly understand what's going on. Yeah, it's I okay just don't, to not like something. I was just like, I just don't like it. I honestly think it's kind of pretentious. Like, All art is not for everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that being said, essentially, I figured out when the movie flipped, I was like, oh, okay. So all the stuff that's been presented to us for like the first two hours of the movie it's not it's not reality like the reality is that this uh lady uh diane yeah diane which is her her real name isn't betty it's diane it's uh the entire like first two hours is essentially the way diane wishes her life was like she wish she wishes she could Return because she essentially she's a failed actress, right? She was lovers slash friends with Camilla, who's very successful and sexy. My oh, god, oh dude, bro. yeah, so I, hot from the from the time I saw her, I was like, I'm in love with this woman. Me too. Like, Laura Herring, yeah, I think is her she's name. Gorgeous, Fucking absolutely gorgeous. My god, but um, essentially, like that entire two hours was a mixture of. Probably a handful of real events or um, allusions to the reality. Things that have happened, but you. But the way she wished they actually went turned out. Yeah, like the you know, like with her audition, like her being praised and like want like actually wanted for the movie. That was a good audition. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, it's interesting too when you see her reaction to Adam, who um, you find out later 
in the movie is actually going to get engaged to Camilla, and that is kind of what brought this all about. Right. But her her reaction to their eyes meeting, that is like reality. That is how she feels like blown away, flabbergasted, because this person she idolizes and loves is in love with somebody else and like I totally know, fucks right? her world up. And so, and she kind of thinks he's like doing it towards her, but she's probably not. You know what I mean? No, it's. And, and, I mean, um, that's kind of the other thing. She is, thinks she's me- trying to make her jealous, but she's most likely not. No, she's just living her life. Um, and I'm gonna say this too is um, the whole, the whole like. I kind of thought back on it after watching the movie. The whole thing where gangsters are interfering with um, Adam's movie and like ruining it and telling him um, that this is the person he's going to cast, and then Camilla is like a different person. That's like her like internal revenge on him for stealing Camilla away. You know what I mean? Like that's what she like wants to happen to him. Yeah. And it's like like characters like uh, the mob and the mafia um, and the cowboy. They don't really exist in real life. Like oh, yeah, they they're the not cowboy. really a part of it. Because like how you know the cowboy is a fictional character is when he reappears at the end of the movie and he's like okay pretty lady it's time to wake up like it's like his him snapping oh, his yeah. fingers and what she, does he say whenever he's like if you do something i'll see you one more time and if you do he says if you do good you'll right. see me once more if you do ba- bad you'll see me two more times right yeah that was fucking interesting well um and it's also this is something i had to look up because it, it was it was something that I didn't put you together did some myself. Some research on this, you have. Yeah. I feel like you have to do yeah. research on yeah. this. Yeah. So this I movie. I knew there was a significance because um, uh, there's a, a a diner scene with two actors. It's never revisited, and it's um kind of it's weird because it's kind of separate from the movie, but. It's the guy that's in the diner who's talking about a nightmare. And then when they go back to, like, the alley where the trashes are, the like, that scary-looking bum pops out. Yeah. But for some reason, we see that bum later holding the blue cube that kind of sets into the motion of her, like, waking, waking up, up from the dream. Yeah. And so I, did, I was trying to... I was like, okay, well, what is the bum supposed to represent? So the bum's representation is the ugly truth. It's the truth that, like, this reality this like dream isn't real but it's also the truth that she hired somebody to murder, murder. the person she loves and she does she's unable to come to grips with that and uh and that guy the murderer fucking he was in big lebowski you know yeah he was yep. one of the you know yep Where's the money, Lebowski? He's also uh, where's the money, shithead? Uh, his big his his big break is actually he plays the uh, junkie dad in Dexter, like Dexter, uh, the TV show. Right, I'm trying uh, trying to remember, but it's been a while since I've seen that show. But uh, that's kind of the thing about the. Uh, like the hitman, like in her dream, he's like this bumbling fool. But in reality, uh, I think it's interesting 
that um, he tells her she'll get a blue key. And so throughout the whole dream sequence, Carmilla or Rita, whoever you want to call her, is holding on to this weird blue-shaped key. But when she wakes up from the dream, there is a blue key on her coffee table. So, like, all these things are, like, her in, like, coming terms to reality instead of, um, and finally, like, letting go of, like, this dream she has. Uh, it's also supposed to be... And she's what? She's doing drugs and shit, right? She's on drugs. Um, I think it's implied, but it's not, like, heavily implied. Right. Uh, I, I think it's more so, it just has to deal with her state of mind. It has to deal with her, like grief and jealousy and like all these negative emotions and of um this interesting thing that happens in hollywood where you know these bright-eyed young people go to hollywood and it's like the city of dreams and lies and really a lot of the time they just become part of the cog of the machine that keeps it running and they get crushed like under the weight of their dreams and that's like that's a big part of the movie wow well said (laughs) That was good. Um, I seen Robert Forrester in there. I love that guy. He's one of those guys that you you see randomly in things. You know, he was in Jackie Brown. Uh, fucking, I just like that was one of my notes. I I like seeing that guy. But uh, um, my note too was just like right off the bat, <laughs> just starting the movie. I was like, what the fuck is going? Then that that is a big part of the movie. Is um that's that's uh. And this is going to cut, like I said, personally, personally, I don't like movies like this to where it's like a, I don't like the fact that the, almost the entire movie is like a dream sequence. Yeah. Um, So, and then when, and when it's over, you essentially, you have to accept, you have to like re fucking assess everything. I will, I will, I will say, um, it's not entirely David Lynch's fault. Um, the way this movie is pieced together, and it's so I find it so funny. The people that love this movie that defend it are like completely unable to accept its flaws. Because I think the biggest flaw in this movie um, was originally it was he planned for it to be a TV series, which makes more sense because he would have had more time to flesh things out. I mean, I still feel oh, like I it would have been know that. yeah. It was something I st- kind of stumbled upon when. Uh, I was doing some research on this movie, and uh, it uh, he ended up having to make it. In, it only got a budget for a feature film, so he kind of ended had to create an ending for it abruptly. And I think that is part, like, despite what people say, I think that's part of the why, reason why it's so confusing because it's it's meant to be a series where you kind of piece things together along the series gradually instead of abruptly like oh well this was all a dream and her life is in ruin and you kind of just it is what it is and now she and uh the uh um like the it's interesting because the dead woman she sees in the bedroom is actually her so essentially she has this whole thing is uh Leading up to her suicide. It's a very, like, dark Yeah, is that supposed to be, like, a premonition or something? Like, if she's in the dream, they see the dead woman, but she's not dead yet. Um, I think you... I think it it depends on your take. My personal take is that the entire movie... Sucks. No, I'm kidding. Well, I mean... (laughs) 
I don't <laughs> think you're entirely wrong with that uh, with that exclamation. No, I didn't hate it. I didn't. I don't. I don't. It's weird because I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I tend to not like movies that I feel like I need to do research on. Uh, right. And you know, you know, the fact that before I did my research, I did have this note: the way that Naomi Watts delivers her lines. You know, the blonde. It, it felt like it was from a different era of filmmaking, you know what I mean? Yo. Which, at first, I was like, she's a bad actor. But then, you know, after realizing it was all a dream and she was like... <clears throat> yeah, I do find that interesting, that, uh, too. Because uh, when, when she wakes up from the dream, her cadence and right. her, um, yeah, she sounds her personality like, is totally different. She sounded like a like a maybe 60s or 70s style actor delivering her dialogue. Well, and that is kind of the uh it's it's interesting because the way the movie starts it it kind of paints it as uh Rita's character is like the one with the big secret that she is the one for the cause of all the trouble. She's the dangerous one. You know, she's like the yeah. um there was the whole car accident the, at the beginning. Well, she's like the um, classic cinema feminine fatale, where you know she's um, the one that it, she's like the uh, the 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 snake in disguise, where you get too close and you're going to get the poison. Sure. And uh, then uh, Betty slash Diane is supposed to be, you know, the uh, the blue eyed blonde, happy go lucky. Um, just barely, you know, like new dream. to Hollywood. Yeah, the 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 doughy eyed dream girl. There you she's go. She's the she's the other side of the, uh, and those are like the two classic, um, female leads in Hollywood, and it's done purposely because she flips them on her head at the end. To whereas like it's actually Diane that's the the vicious killer, and Carmilla is the is the sweet one. And right. I find that interesting that he did that. I mean, it's like this movie definitely has interesting ideas but um it's very bleak in my opinion because how how i see the entire movie is it's essentially uh her it's essentially her mind phasing out like her like a lot of it um is a dream sequence because she is unacceptable or sorry she is unable to accept the things she's done and how, where her life has ended up yeah and so it's essentially her life flashing before her eyes the way she wishes it was until her untimely demise. I think that's why we see her in the bed before because it is a um oh what what's the word for that? It's a not premonition but along that lines it's a like a like a clue For, foreshadowing. It's foreshadow. Thank you. It's foreshadowing. That what, that's exactly word? what I was working for. Thank you. <laughs> I had a brain fart. <laughs> I um, know. I get that all the time. But it's foreshadowing uh, what is about to happen later, uh, which is the you know her committing suicide. Like it's uh, and that that's that's my personal take on on the movie. It's like it's literally her life flashing before her eyes at the end, and the uh, the um the old men chasing her in the apartment are. All, is all that ugliness finally coming crashing yeah, down? Yeah, it was like, so fucking weird. Yeah, huh? weird looking on huh? the little tiny old people. <laughs> yeah, all that shit. Yeah, Jesus it's, uh, Christ, man. And that's you know, for as much praise as this movie gets, 
I, f- I feel like there are just other movies that have done the these kind of premises better to where they're more fleshed out and they tell a more um, solidified story. Where this movie, it feels like it operates more on emotions and tension. It's like it, it's uh, like it's like it almost seems to want to invoke like negative emotions within you. You know, like Hollywood is a negative thing. Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's I a get, yeah, it's I like a that. it's like a grinder, and you know, in that in a way, that is very true. But again, for as much as this movie is acclaimed and hyped up by like movie buffs, I don't feel it's executed all that well. I just I just feel like um example. Uh, and you know people are gonna shit on me for this. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I think that uh, Dark like there's a there's a movie called Dark City, where it does a a similar thing. Um, now, granted, it's uh, it's I don't I don't want to ruin the movie because I think Dark City is great. The special effects are a little tacky, but the the premise of the movie is. Not similar, but it's a it's a similar idea to where what you're viewing is not really what's going on. And uh, I mean, I know, you know the the most famous movie of all time, The Matrix. It's another one that does like something similar to this movie. And I just feel like it this this way of filmmaking is done much better. Um, and I I just feel like David Lynch, and this is my first movie I've ever watched of his, but I, it feels like. He's more about atmosphere and um, like the overall aesthetic of his movies than actually into telling a story, and that's just my the opinion that I've gotten from it. It's a valid opinion. Um, how about that sex scene though? Uh, that I'd was be, hot. Dude. Yeah, I'd be a liar if I said I didn't get half hard on I, I it. I chubbed like, up. Yeah, for sure. It's hard not to, dude. <laughs> Damn. Because when she and that—that's actually the first part of the movie where I was like, well, either David Lynch is a hack and he's just like literally using two I hot actresses to like I got, live out his fantasy. I got that impression too. I well, it crossed my mind that he was, you know, that he wanted. <laughs> he, for, for selfish reasons. Yeah, and that's that's kind of one of the... That's the first part of the movie. Like, I was pretty invested in the beginning. But as soon as the uh, that happened in, like, such a tacky way... You know what I mean? I, I, granted, it was, like, it was hot. You know, it's hard not to be turned on by two beautiful women yeah. fucking each other. Like, yeah. But at the same time, that was the first question that it raised in my mind. Is like, did he just do this for... Same. for personal reasons like <laughs> and that that's where the, after that scene i qu- i pretty much questioned every other scene in the movie it's pretty hard not to yeah um and granted it's like okay you know you could you can defend it by like oh you know that is how she wishes her relationship with rita was and it's not however um it, it definitely feels like that scene was included for selfish reasons. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not mad about it. Right. I was like, I ain't mad to, about it. <laughs> getting to see the, that actress, Rita, naked, I was just like, hot no, damn. Bro. God damn. She was gorgeous. Um, yeah, I don't know what else I got. I wrote down that, kind of already said this, but I found it frustrating and 
confusing and kind of baffling this movie before I researched explanations and shit. Well, even then, it's like I that's this is my problem. Is and that's um, kind of what, probably what David Lynch is going for, you know? Yeah, and it's fine, you know. I, I guess I um, people that like uh, movies that are told extremely loosely, um, that are open to interpretation. Like I understand people like this sort of filmmaking, but it's definitely I mean, not for me. Like I, I don't mind a complex story that it takes a lot of time or a couple of rewatches to really like yeah. I don't mind that but that's the thing it the story needs to be complex like it, a movie cannot be this confusing on first watch and have such a simple story you know what I mean yeah <laughs> yeah I wrote <laughs> this is again before the I got an explanation but I was like in the beginning I was confused then it started to make sense, and then by the end, it was a whole new level of confusing. <laughs> I was like, what, dude? What yeah. Um, yeah, I thought there was just something I was missing. Like, I, it made me feel, like, dumb. Like, I'm not getting this movie. Like, what the fuck is going on? And, I, I, and see, this is that's where I, I think my point stands true. Like, um, if to a... A movie audience, a broad movie audience, is genuinely confused and they feel stupid for watching your movie. Right. Or they just don't get it. I, I feel like you failed as a storyteller, you know what I mean? I also wrote down, like, I feel like some people probably think it's good because someone convinced them it was, you know? <laughs> and they don't really <laughs> seem... <laughs> right, they don't have an unbiased opinion. Like they, they don't have right. like a fresh. They have an influenced opinion. Yeah, and and that's kind of the thing too. Is this? Uh, the people I think that, that happens lo- quite often. Yeah, actually, the people that love his movies, it's kind of, he's has like this cult following where he's like, yeah, he does. You know, he's like a this top tier filmmaker, and it's like if this is how, how most of his work is, which you've seen Eraserhead, so you could give a more broad opinion on his work. That one's disturbing, man. Not as disturbing as Pink Flamingos, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, uh, what else we got? I thought some of the acting wasn't good, but then I reassessed that after I fucking... Heard the explanation. Honestly, I think the best bit of acting is when she's auditioning for that yeah, movie. Yeah, dude. Like, I think that's the best acting in the entire movie, honestly. Uh, felt like a fever dream, <laughs> which it kind of was. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of its intent. David Lynch is an extremely interesting person, but so far I don't really vibe with his films. That's one of my notes. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I don't know if I have to go into all these yeah, others. I, it's like, to me, especially after I found out like this was supposed to be a series, it actually made the movie make more sense. It, because it, it, he has so many ideas that I don't feel like are fleshed out enough in the movie. Because, like, I mean, you can make a surreal movie and still make it fluid. You know right, what I mean? It does, yeah. this, I don't know about you, but to me, it felt like there were a lot of moving parts in this movie that were kind of just mashed together um after watching some youtube videos i uh, apparently there there's a lot of references to the movie sunset boulevard have you ever heard of that one I've it's, heard of the it's movie. another really old 
movie, black and white, fucking. And it, but I have seen that movie, and uh, there is some similarities between it. But I think I like Sunset Boulevard better, maybe. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was about like a, this old actress. I'm trying to remember who's like out of the business, kind of not, not on her own volition, you know. And who's like sour about it or something? Anywho's anything else you gotta say about this film? This film? Uh huh. No, honestly, man, I I've, I think I've hammered my point into the ground of that. <laughs> yeah, I think we feel kind of similar about yeah uh, this movie. What uh what would you rate it? Okay, so at first with no explanations, I would have given it like a four or so. But then after watching, you know, the YouTube videos, it could it it kind of boosted up in in my opinion, maybe to like a six or so. You're sitting kind of close. I I'm like right. I'd say I'm right in the middle. I I solely on. Maybe if I give it another watch, maybe it could boost it. But yeah, that's kind of. I don't I'm know at, when. I, I don't know I, when I would rewatch. Yeah, this. I, I really don't want to. Um, I'm sitting at about a five, maybe four point five five. Man, like I uh. I just feel like yeah, I had multiple scores because with with no explanation and shit, I was like it was pretty low in my book. <laughs> yeah, because I'm stupid, I guess. You know that's why because I, I I didn't get it I don't, in, in one watch. I don't I don't think that you're stupid. I just I don't think it's a I don't really don't feel like it's, it's a, not very digestible. No, on, on not the at first, all. Yeah, first viewing. And like I said, like. uh it's it feels more like an art piece than a movie a lot of the times and in that regard i think it fails as a movie because the whole point of movies is to tell stories you know what i mean sure so if you can't convey your story in a way that's digestible to the viewer then i think you're failing as a movie maker and that's the reason why i give well, it such a low score i think it i mean it vibes with some people and yeah. maybe maybe that's all that matters you know yeah sure <laughs> i mean it's not you know it's just i would say definitely this isn't a movie for everybody for sure there you have it folks um give it a watch if you want and <laughs> tell us what you think you know what i mean just comment and fucking send us an email or something distortedmindspod at gmail.com anyways let's take a quick break and we'll jump right into red rocket Sound good? All right. And we're back. Yo. What did I think of on the wizard? <laughs> <laughs> you I failed you. You know what I thought of on the wizard, dude? Um, I don't think they could have cast a better person than Simon Rex in this movie, Red Rocket. I, got, I, uh, I agree. <laughs> How fucking fantastic is he in this movie? Dude, he's... I, I would say... um. It's, it's something I had to think, kind of thought about after watching it. So I wasn't really sure how I felt about the movie because I fucking hated him so much <laughs> as a character. Yeah. But then I'm just like, that's kind of the point, though. I was like, and he <laughs> that does is such the a, point. He's such a does such a good job of just making the audience absolutely hate him. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Red Rocket now. 2021 drama comedy dramedy whatever director sean baker who did the florida project which we did previously on some of these episodes starring simon rex brie elrod and susanna son you know what i what i really liked about this movie i'm gonna get that out of the way first go for it 
was um, like the grainy quality. It was almost like you're watching a VHS when you're watching this movie. A little almost, bit, yeah. Almost has like an older quality to it. I really like the aesthetic of uh, the director's films. Like I, I really enjoy it. Um, that being said, I didn't know the main actor uh, did porn. Like, and I, I, I was just like, I was like. I did a little bit of research after watching it. Oh, you didn't catch didn't, that throughout the movie? No, no, not the in the movie. In real life, the guy that Simon Rex, he really did porn. Yeah, he. That's how he got his start in the industry. That's why he's like. <laughs> I, was I didn't like, know that. Yeah, it was a. It's a fun little fact. Like in the like between like I think it's like ninety two to ninety eight. He was in <laughs> porno like, and I was just like, oh shit! No wonder why he's like. So convincing, especially when he's talking about like porn breakdown. I was like, it was in the industry. It's like it's in that it like made it was like I was like I think I almost need to go back and rewatch this movie just for like having that information. I ended up buying it on my Voodoo. If you want to sign in and watch it, oh, it's a it's free on Prime, right? Well, uh, Showtime. Yeah, I still have my Showtime because I, I I was gonna get rid of it, but then I found out my sister uh, has never seen Dexter, so be been watching the shit out of that. Oh hell yeah! But uh. But yeah, so I, it's free on Showtime, so I just I watched. That's how yeah, I watched it. I ended up buying it. I was gonna rent it, but I was like, it's like four or five bucks to rent, ten to buy. I'll just buy it. I know I love the movie, right? And uh, <clears throat> if you've heard our previous episode with Mike, you already know I love this movie. Um, we got a ninety percent Rotten Tomatoes, pretty damn good. Uh, Seventy-five audience. I can definitely see why people didn't like this movie. It's uh, <laughs> it, he, uh, he it's, an, it's another one with like the subject matter is just, like not. It's not palatable for some people. Yeah, right. And uh, well, I'll, yeah. like like Florida Project, man. The you know the whole rundown motel, fucking well, hard living type shit. Yeah, mom's prostitute. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard. To, it's hard for that's and that's kind of the part of this movie that's hard to watch is. You know, he's, what, supposed to be, like, in his 40s in this movie, I'm pretty sure. At least, like, like, late 30s, early 40s. Yeah. And he's literally putting the moves on a high school girl that's not even 18 yet. And it's like, that's that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) No, he's a shitty person. He's a shitbag, man, for sure. And that's what makes it so fucking interesting. Yeah. I love movies where, you know, the main person is a, it's just a shitty person and it's so fascinating I will to say watch the, the thing about this movie and i'm gonna this is big spoiler time the thing yeah. i hated the most about this movie is how bad i felt for him when his like his ex slash wife fucks him over at the end because you shouldn't feel bad for him he <laughs> totally deserves it he that's, totally that's des- how good he is man that's how fucking charismatic and fucking just He's kind of a smooth talking guy. You yeah, know what I mean? like a fast. You know, he's a, he's an LA guy. Fast paced talking, smooth. Like tells you the shit you want to hear. Yeah, to and get it, what he wants. Yeah, and it's just like, and and it's so messed up because like he doesn't he doesn't even want his wife sexually. He just wants to sleep in her bed. Yeah. So he he's just like he's taking <laughs> fucking dick pills to so he can fuck her. Like. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's the fucked up thing too is like, um. <laughs> when he, the the last time he, when he's thinking about the donut girl strawberry yeah he's like oh i didn't even need to take a dick pill that time and i was like <laughs> don't tell your wife that shit that's <laughs> fucked up man but he, and that's kind of ultimately his undoing is him like 
being a dirtbag, but then him trying to be like, oh, well, uh, I'm leaving town tomorrow, so... Yeah, so ba- let's, yeah, let's lay it down for the folks. Um, he was... He lived. He lived in Texas previously. He went moved out to L.A. to be a porn star for a while, and then the movie starts when he's coming back to his old hometown. And uh, he hasn't been there for about fifteen years. Yeah, and he tries to hit up his uh, wife actually because they never got uh, divorced. He goes to her house and fucking tries to you know mooch off them and tries to you know let tries to get them to let him stay there you know which he does. And then he goes to like old friends um, to try to get weed to sell and shit yep. and all that. Yeah, he starts selling because uh, he can't get a real job. And it's yeah, not he tried. They're like, "What's what do you what is this fifteen year gap?" He's like, "If you look up Mikey Saber, <laughs> he's all telling him." Yeah, he's like, "I was a porn star for fucking." <laughs> for and that's and that you know and that's kind of he's like I won all kinds of awards. <laughs> that's kind of the a thing too, man. It's like you know. A lot of places, <laughs> your reputation, even if it's a shithole, like if, you know, it, it's probably, unless you navigate the world in an intelligent way, nobody's going to hire an ex-porn star. You know what I mean? Like, and like, especially in a small town, like, because it's like, and that's, those are the god Try folks. that in a small town. Yeah. That's a big thing. And that's kind of what, <laughs> that's, that's what, and that's right what this is. It's a, it's a small town in Texas. Yeah. And what's interesting is like the whole background is, is it's all oil refinery and shit like that. Just yep. big smokestacks and shit. And it's very interesting how they fucking chose that uh, location and just, uh, it, 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 it it's another one that feels very real, like a Florida Project. You know what yep. I mean? It, it has that whatever Sean Baker does, man. That fool, he knows how to capture shit. And there's a lot of non-actors in this movie too, just like Florida Project, yep. which uh, they do great jobs. Like uh, the mo- the mom, the older lady. Yep. Yeah, she's fucking. <laughs> she's so good. She's well, like, she, I feel like I've met that person before. Yeah, she's just somebody's old ass mom. Yeah, this is so convincing. You know, gets up at fucking seven o'clock in the morning and watches, drinks her coffee and watches her shows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like my my grandpa did the same shit. You know, he always watched the morning show. Yeah, like, just on a schedule and shit. Um, but yeah, man, Simon Rex, he's such an interesting character. He's likable, charismatic, but tries to use everybody. Um, <laughs> and there was a thing. You know that you mentioned the uh, TV. Uh, how how she watches like the reality shows and shit, the um, uh, like the court shows and all yep. that shit. But then there's also the juxtaposition of the uh, political things. You know, you see Trump and shit on there, and that's kind of the director's way of saying like it's it's ca- it's all kind of a big reality show. You know, this whole political thing. That's what it feels like, anyways. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was a very interesting yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this is kind of the... Uh, I think there's something about Simon um, where it's like he's this smooth talker and... Mikey in the movie. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Mikey. So, uh, Mikey is a smooth talker and... But what's funny is... Um, I think the best example of this is when he's with the next door neighbor kid. Remind me his name. Um, 
Lonnie. Lonnie. So it's when he's driving with Lonnie, and then he makes him get off the exit, right? God, that part. And then you you don't my really, heart drops in that part, dude. Well, you don't. Well, the thing is, is like you don't you don't understand why though. Like you don't understand. I, I, yeah, it doesn't I show it, anything. Yeah, it, didn't it doesn't show explain. Yeah, and, and then you find later. out. Then you find out later, and you're like, oh shit, that's why he reacted that. But and that, I think that is like the perfect epitome of Mikey's influence on other people's lives. Is like you don't really see the damage he's doing until it's too late until it, it like it's all blown up and it's it's fucking bad yeah. and i and that and it's interesting too is like i already you know we already know mikey's very everything he says is very suspect and questionable yeah but when that event happened it made me go back and question everything mikey had said prior i'm just like okay how bad was this actually and that makes me and it also something i um, didn't put two and two together was when Mikey was talking to Lonnie. Um, and they never, it's never straightforward in the movie, but Mikey was talking to Lonnie. He's like, yeah, you know, it, it always goes bad when porn actresses start turning uh, to escorts. He's like, then it fucks them all up. Right. But and at the very end of the movie, his wife calls him a suitcase pimp. Yeah. And that, and I, I maybe I'm making a leap, but I kind of put two and two together. And I was like, that's why his wife ended up in the situation. It's probably why she's a junkie. Like they probably didn't really make it as porn stars, and he probably started turning her out for tricks for them to make money. Like that is like that's at least was my interpretation of the situation I, after thinking you know, about it. I think it. they sort of hint at that. I think the mom hints at that in in one of the scenes. Yeah, and I think it's it's like one of those things that it's not, it's never really completely verbally spoken, but in that moment where she calls him a suitcase pimp, I think that is, I th- it's almost like a confirmation. I was like, of everything that I thought, I was like, I think Mikey was tricking out his wife at a, in L.A., and that's what eventually what broke her, and it made her go back home. And I was like, and I think that uh, that exchange is what um, solidifies it. And it, it just in Mikey's character, it just totally makes sense. I mean, even the end of the movie, like um, where he shows up at Strawberry's house, like completely broken, and yet it's almost it's almost actually grotesque, like the way she dances around in the bathing suit in front of the house. Like I, it didn't even find it sexy. I kind of felt found it to be a little unnerving, and I th- I think that's the intent of it yeah. because it's like Mike, this like it's this uh alpha male like view of like objectifying like his desires and wh- how he sees the world and what what he wants like he's just like you know he's like I'm a fuck machine and I can just go around like fucking all these young girls and get what I want like yeah. he has this weird sort of optimism it's to a, him that's a, not realistic it's another ending like uh Florida project you know where it's it's a little fantasy a little open to interpretation you know you don't you don't know exactly what happens but you can kind of piece together what's coming right right and you know he he probably wasn't really seeing her right there obviously you know well and that is kind of my question too is um it it makes me turn to question if uh, and i could be wrong on this just my interpretation it's like was he really like sleeping with her at all actually or was that just his fantasy and it was just what he was trying to work up to like and i'm not i'm not sure like really but Mm, i don't know about that yeah 
It was just it was more just a thought. I don't I'm not committed to the idea, but right. it was just like the way the movie ends. I was like, huh? Was was some of the was some of the shit that happened just like the way Mikey saw it in his head or? I yeah, I don't know. I didn't get that. I didn't uh, get that uh, feeling, but um, but yeah. So it you know for the story's sake. Uh, he was it. He went back to his fucking hometown, and he meets this young, seventeen-year-old, you know, ginger little girl working at this uh, donut hole shop, and he ends up trying to groom her into porn, <laughs> you know, into doing porn, into like going back to L.A. With yeah, but it's his, it's his, you know, his big ticket, his way. It's really his kind way of dis- back into the uh, industry, and it's really disgusting too because he's like essentially making this young girl fall for him. He, he does not give a fuck, and it's like the the exchange. They have an exchange, and just that tells uh, it all. I feel it's, so it's hard- bad for Strawberry Man. It's heartbreaking too because it's heartbreaking. She was like, "Well, what if I, uh, you know, slept with a a bunch of guys?" Like, you know, he's like, "Well, as long as you're doing scenes, that's fun. It's part of the business, baby." And she's <laughs> like, "Well, I don't." I don't really want to. She's like, and I don't want you to sleep with other people either. And like, Mikey doesn't give a fuck. And he the, he'll put his dick in anything that looks good to him. The like, other tragedy of that is like, she actually is very talented. Yeah, she's a talented musician. Yeah, that, like that scene where she does "Bye Bye Bye" on the keyboard. Yeah. Fuck, dude, that's like a beautiful rendition of yeah, that song. It, it bro. really and is. I was actually that was I think one of the most surprising parts of the movie. I didn't expect that. I think she's actually a musician too in real life, and I think that's how she uh, got sure. a, got this sure. part and yeah. got into this you know shit. <clears throat> how about the uh, Lonnie stolen valor part? That was that <laughs> was pretty fucked. As up. shitty, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, was a. Uh, that was uh, the biggest mystery to me. Is That's such a bummer. Uh, Basically, the next door neighbor Lonnie, he's going out to this mall wearing fucking army fatigue or whatever, and you know panhandling or whatever, and people call him out on and, and shit. And it was a whole. I, I meant to ask was the uh, was the army um, thing he was wearing was it like his dad's old army stuff? Um, it could have been. That seems likely. Because they don't really... Don't, they don't really go into the dad. How he got, yeah, well, they don't explain the dad. It, it could... Ex- I mean, I know his wife He's died. He's very quiet. Yeah. Um, that it, that but was... that a, seems likely. That was a... That was a sad thing though, because like you want it, like he seems like such a nice guy. You like you want to like Lonnie, but it's something that you lose a lot of respect for him. Because it's just like Lonnie, why don't you just go get a job, That's man? A You're young, thing like to do. yeah. Just go get a job, man. Like you know, it's like everybody the does shit. The refinery. Well, I think that that is. I think that's part of the uh, the backdrop and like the bleakness of the town. Is like the only real way to make a decent living is to go work in a place like that. And those oh. those kind of places are really no, they're no way to live, man. It's like you know, it's like yeah, twelve get- fucking hour days. You you know, it's. It's hard. It's hard living, man. It's and the same thing as like working at fucking Amazon or FedEx or any any place like that where it's just manual labor all fucking day long. 
And then you got fucking Mikey over here selling them weed and shit, which he's not supposed to do, which uh, they told him not to do because they get tested all the time and all that shit. Right. uh, But then he starts making even more money because he's selling them, like, fake piss and shit like that. Right, right. So he's, like, selling them ways to get around getting busted. Oh, back to the stolen valor thing. It's it's weird how he's mad at him for doing the stolen valor thing, but yet he's doing all kinds of fucking shady shit as well you know what i mean well uh (laughs) fucking (laughs) well mikey i think ultimately mikey is actually a coward and um he's a giant hypocrite and you really you really get to see the real kind of person mikey actually i think that's when it really hits you is like oh mikey is just a narcissistic piece of shit. Like he yeah. cares nothing for anybody but himself. Yeah. Like, and he will use anybody and everybody to get what he wants. And it's just like, uh, and I, I think a big part of it too, like that, this really shows Mikey's a narcissist because he's only, he's not considering what just happened to his, this kid that gives him rides all the time. Cause the kid got the shit. You mean beat after out the him. accident? Oh no! After no, the valor, yeah, because those people they they pushed him in the into the waterfall right. and they beat him up. Yeah, and Mikey did not stand up for him. Didn't help no, him. he was he just, just waiting away. at the car for him. Yeah, he literally just. Uh, and then he was shitty at him, like because he he has this false image of himself. Like he's yeah. like this, you know, this hot shot, this Hollywood hot shot, and that's all he really thinks about when he's in public but it also shows that he's a coward because this kid has you know done a lot for him and he could have been like hey guys all right it's shitty but he's a kid leave him the fuck alone like you know he could have he had that opportunity to be an actual human being and like do something decent and instead he did exactly what we expect out of mikey honestly yeah there's also another shitty fucking part where <clears throat> you find out that you know Lexi has a kid you know that you know CPS took or whatever and she wants uh, Mikey to help her get him back and you know and he doesn't uh, he just kind of shits on her after that it's not his kid it's someone else's kid but she was thinking like since he was in the house and they were together uh, quote unquote, um, that maybe, you know, she could, he could come to this meeting with her and hopefully try to get the kid back or whatever. And he, he like shuts down the idea right away. <laughs> well, because it's in direct contrast to his plan because he's just using them to save up enough money so he can go right back to LA. Like, yeah, it, uh, you know, every, every turn Mikey has the chance to do the right thing, he does not do it. <laughs> Yeah, and after the car accident, dude, damn, bro, my anxiety is so high in that moment, bro. Like, I'm like, oh. That, uh, it really, that's where the story really goes off the rails, like. Yeah. It's like you, like you, that is the moment it's foreshadowing. Um, Everything is about to be like that, like. Yeah. Like, everything is going to come to a crashing halt. So, yeah, Lonnie causes the pile up because of, you know, what Mikey said. He's like, oh, this is our exit, and he cuts over, and and then it just cuts to after that, whenever they get out of the car, and dude's puking and shit. But, um, <clears throat> but the, yeah, at that point, he tells him, he's like, 
I was never with you and that's you know you didn't see me you I was never here and he was like say it you know made him say it and then they see on the news later that Lonnie didn't rat him out you know Lonnie just took the full blame Lonnie was a fucking good friend man like uh and Mikey used him and it's really sad and then Mikey he was goes too dumb out to no- Mikey's too- fucking stoked that he didn't you know, say his name or anything, and then his Lonnie's dad sees him all fucking excited and shit because you know, just uh, that's so fucking crazy. You know, Lonnie's dad knew what was going on in that moment. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, you could just feel. Well, it. I mean, I I think that's the reason why every time he saw uh, Mikey, he would like look at him. And it, like he would like ever glare, so slightly like glare f- at him and then go back in the house, like because yeah, he, he knew he, my, he knew he can my, see that that guy was trouble. Well, <laughs> it, it, it go well. It goes back to the story where uh, when he, uh, he first uh, were first introduced to Lonnie, Lonnie even says, "You know, he knows who my." He's like, "Who?" And Mikey's like, "Who are you?" He's like, "You you guys used to babysit me. Right. My parents f- uh, caught you fucking in their bedroom." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so his dad, you know, like you know, his dad knows exactly the type of guy Mikey is. Like, <laughs> of course, this is a little off topic, but uh, Lonnie's last name is Hill, which is my last name, and uh, you know, in re- and then in real life, the mom, the mom, the black mom, the drug dealer, her last name is Hill, Judy Hill. No shit. A lot of hills going on. It's a Texas thing, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. King of the Hill. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which I've been watching. Um, okay. We're getting to the end here. Um, the part where he convinces her to go to L.A. to help her live out her dream. Uh, and they're, you know, they're driving or whatever. And Mikey. Oh, she says, Mikey, you make me so happy. Uh that part breaks my heart, man. Just because she looks... you In her face, she looks a little scared and uncertain. But she also looks very hopeful. And you're just like... That he feels the same way. And he's just like, he doesn't... I don't even think he's able to process those kind of feelings. I I, I think really, truly believe that Mikey is just a narcissistic sociopath. Yeah. That he is... And I, I don't think he's smart enough to understand the impact he has on others he he's he's not smart enough and he just doesn't care but aren't these you know isn't this his type of character so much more interesting than the the righteous characters the what the pers- goody two-shoes yeah um, someone who's just trying to do the right thing all the time these characters are so much more fucking fascinating well, and in they're my real opinion. man exactly like, a, i mean you know that's what I I've, I've known a handful of uh mikey's in my life man. <laughs> sure like, yeah yeah <laughs> i won't say their name on the podcast uh, i don't want to just put somebody on blast but <laughs> i can say that i've known a few <laughs> i've definitely known a few um the part where he's getting kicked out of the house is hilarious um at it's, the end i think that's the funniest part of the movie <laughs> hey, dude i didn't want to laugh where he's just walking down the street his dick waving in the wind but it cracked me the fuck up uh, and it's it's funny because it's so unexpected like when yeah. he's he, they like rip the covers off of him he's butt ass naked yeah he always sleeps naked <laughs> but they yeah like they're trying to shove him out the ha- out the house and shit and he's like 
He tries to take the ashtray back that he bought. Pe- he bought previously for for the mother and shit. He's like, "This is my ashtray. I can take it if I want or whatever." And then he tells the uh, the, the black dude, he's like, "I should have beat your ass in high school." What does he say? Uh, he's like, "We can go right now if you says, want to." Yeah. Yeah. He said, "Too bad it was the other way around. You want to go again?" He's like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> So fucking funny. Uh, anyways, yeah, that's that's about it for my notes. Um, they did. Uh, there's a previous movie that Sean Baker did called Starlet, which is where they uh, they met a bunch of people like Mikey Saber, and they thought, you know, they in that moment they would have to eventually explore that character so, right and that's what this movie is and it was due to covid they were working on another movie but ended up uh having to put that one on hold and did this movie instead which is very interesting i love it what do you think what do you rate it uh honestly man i'd give it a solid seven it's a it was funny because like i was like do i like this movie do i not like it i was like I was like, that's the thing, is I watched this movie, I fucking hated Mikey. <laughs> but I, I, I was like, but after, like, like thinking about how I felt, I was like, I still think it's a good fucking movie. It's <laughs> like, really it's weird. Movie. I was like, it's like, I was like, I'm not sure if I like it, though. And that's like, that's how I know it's a good movie. Yeah. It's the fact that, like, I'm still on the fence about whether I actually like it or not, <laughs> but I still think it's good. Like, um, I would give it, a, like, a solid seven, man. It's... I'm up there, man. I think I'm on around a nine. I think that's what I gave it last time on sure. Mike's on Mike's uh, episode. But it's it's fantastic, man, and um, I can't wait to see what Sean Baker does next, man. I I will forever follow. I've seen four of his movies already, and I think that's mostly what he's done. I think he's done some smaller things. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'm always. I think he's a great new director. I think he's uh, fantastic. His movies are very real. I know. They have that fucking... Authenticity to yeah, them. Yeah, dude. Rewatchability, 100%. <laughs> yeah. When do you want to watch it? I'll watch it with you. Let's go. Right. No, I'm kidding. Kevin, Kevin's re- he's ready to go <laughs> yeah, right now. I fucking love it. I'd, I'd probably have to take some time. But I, a little I bit think of I would definitely watch it again. And Hell yeah. All the little, get all the little nuances again. Right on, right on camera just cut out well, on us. And I think that's our show, folks. Pretty much. We got one thing left to do. Pick our next movie! Yo, hey, yeah, yeah. Hang on a sec. We might have to cut some of this out. And we're back to pick our next movies. If you still want to keep doing these podcasts. Oh, yeah, of course through. I do. Of course I do, man. <laughs> I'm very insecure. You know, I, I, I feel like people don't want to hang out with me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because it's totally the opposite. I fucking love coming over here, man. Hell yeah, right on. Uh, you want to go first or should I? I'll go first. I know exactly what I'm picking. This uh, Shoot. Uh, I'm picking Jojo Rabbit. Because I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, me neither. I haven't neither. seen it, and I really, really want to see it. So, Jojo Rabbit's my pick for this. Uh, Interesting this pick. 
Jojo Rabbit. That's like Hitler and stuff, right? Yeah, but it's funny because it's a uh, uh, Taika Waititi, and so Taika Waititi plays um, an imaginary Hitler in this movie, <laughs> which is so funny because he's technically a Jew. It's like it's it's really really hilarious. Uh, just, if that's all you know about the movie, it's just like I want to see this movie. All right. Well, my pick is a movie that I'm on the fence about. I don't hate it, but I didn't love it on first watch. I love the director, Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, okay. Uh, it's an Adam Sandler flick. We're going Punch Drunk Love. Oh, okay. Have you seen it? I have seen it, yeah. What do you think? I actually I actually like it. Uh, I'm excited to actually It's give... weird, right? It's like yeah. a... He's kind of a weird character, as I remember. I don't remember a whole lot from it. it I think it's... Uh, but well, it's also got Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll talk about this because I'll, I'll have a lot to say. Like, <laughs> All right, yeah, we'll save it. All right. Save it for the next pod. There you have it. Jojo Rabbit and Punch Drunk Love next time on Kevin and Drew Talk Movies on Distorted Minds Podcast. Peace out. <laughs>